0: everybody it's ophir eisenberg host of npr's ask me another and wow feeling kind of out of sorts but we have a show to do and i have some great guests i'm i'm gonna call up jonathan colton here we go
1: hi there you've reached jonathan colton's voicemail i'm not available to take your phone call right now i'm probably on a cruise ship or at a concert or at some oh. other crowded place with a lot of people call me back bye
0: he needs to change that message. Okay, I'm going to try him again.
1: Hi, Afira. Hi. Sorry. Sorry. Oh, it's me. I'm, I'm here. S-
0: I'm so glad you picked up.
1: Yeah. yeah. Sorry. It's a little stressful time. A little stressed out for no particular reason.
0: <laughs> I totally understand. And you know what? I feel the same way, and I have someone here to help us. Oh, great. I have Sharon Salzberg here, and she's a meditation teacher. She's a New York Times bestselling author, and she hosts the podcast The Meta Hour. Sharon, hello. Hello. Sharon, you've written 11 books, and your latest is called Real Change Mindfulness to Heal Ourselves and the World. Now, I imagine everyone is reaching
2: out to you right now just saying, Help me. Well, that's true. It's not necessarily because of the book, you know, but I've been teaching meditation since 1974. Wow. And so, you know, there are a lot of people reaching out either because they think, well, I've put it off. You know, I really should <laughs> adopt this new tool I've heard about or read about. Or they are relying on it more than ever or all kinds of reasons. But uh, definitely.
0: Yeah. And then people are like, right, meditation. Okay. Do you have something that I can do in like 30 seconds?
2: Well, you know, that that's also very true. Like what neuroscientist friends of mine tell me who study meditation and the brain is that, oh, I've heard two different things. One neuroscientist said seven to nine minutes a day will change your brain in the ways we apparently want our brains to change. Another neuroscientist told me 12 minutes a day. 12 minutes. 12 minutes. And I usually say, first of all, I don't know if it's that healthy to go for the bare minimum, but... (laughs) It is also it's, – it's like very American. Like what's the least amount of time right. I can put into this thing?
1: Yeah. I got to meditate. I only got eight minutes. What can That's you do right. for me? Yeah. yeah.
2: yeah. Exactly. But do you think
0: you could help us – I'm a novice – with a guided meditation? A short one? One sure. an American style? American style?
2: <laughs> <laughs> sure. I'd be happy to. Excellent.
0: Okay. What do we do? What do I need to do to prepare?
2: Okay. So I'll say – um because people are in all kinds of different situations listening to this, yeah, uh, that you have to <laughs> use common sense. Like, <laughs> if you are driving, please don't close your eyes. If, <laughs> if you are at this home and you hear a sound like the smoke alarm going off, please get up and respond to it. Oh, yeah, right, that's a good. That's a good right. point. I will say
1: that I have some construction happening on my street, so that'll be uh-huh. a nice opportunity for me to practice. Okay. <laughs>
2: So this is just going to be about two minutes for anybody who's who's concerned. (gasps) All right. So uh, you can sit comfortably. Either close your eyes or not.
0: Hmm. I'm going to choose closed eyes.
2: Okay. Me too. And we'll start actually by listening to sound. If possible, see if the sound can just wash through you, the sound of my voice or other sounds. Hmm. Of course, we like certain sounds and we don't like others, but we don't have to chase after them to hold on or push away. Just let it come, let it go. Hmm. Bring your attention to the feeling of your body sitting, whatever sensations you discover. You can feel the earth supporting you. You can feel space touching you. Usually we think about touching space and think about picking up our finger and poking it in the air but receive the feeling of space touching you and then bring your attention to the feeling of your breath just the normal natural breath wherever it's strongest for you nostrils, chest or abdomen find that place bring your attention there and rest see if you can feel one breath without concern for what's already gone by, without leaning forward for even the next breath, just this one. And if you find your attention slipping away, don't worry about it. You can practice letting go and just come back. No blame, no judgment. And when you feel ready We
0: can end the meditation. I don't want to end.
2: I know. (laughs) (laughs) I saw that. Uh Well, sometimes I think, because that's how I usually end, like, when you feel ready. And I think, someday no one's going to feel ready. (laughs) And I'm sitting in a room full of people.
1: (laughs) Honestly, it is so pleasant to just sit still and just be for a short stretch of time. Because it's so rare.
0: (sighs) But now that's over.
1: Uh... (laughs) Back to work.
0: Okay, Sharon, Jonathan Colton has to play a theme song to get the show started, but would you like to stick around and play a game with us? Sure. Okay, fantastic. Jonathan, take it away.
1: Yes, I've prepared a special mellow version of our theme. Hello, friends. From NPR and WNYC, coming to you from a very relaxed place here in Brooklyn, New York, this is NPR's hour of puzzles, word games, and, well, letting go. I'm Jonathan Colton. Now here's your host, Ophira Eisenberg.
0: Thank you, Jonathan. We have a great show today. Chelsea Handler is here to talk to us about her new stand-up special. Comedians Dwayne Perkins and Asia Lachey-Bullock will help us invent a new backstory for Mr. Peanut. And comedians Mike Albo and Amanda Duarte are going to help us figure out why is it called Zoom? But first, meditation teacher and author Sharon Salzberg is here to play a game with us. So, Sharon, I happen to know that you are a huge fan of the musical Hamilton. I am. So, how many times have you seen it live? Uh, I've seen it nine
2: times live. Wow. Wow. Okay. That's (laughs) in New York? At first in New York. I mean, basically what happened uh, the first time was that I was writing my previous book, and I was really late with it. I was really stuck. <laughs> I was very, very discouraged. And my thought, <laughs> I'm embarrassed to admit, was, it's my 10th book. Nobody cares what I have to say anymore. Just phone it in, you know? Just like, <laughs> turn something in. And just then, a friend took me to see Hamilton, and the manuel Miranda, who wrote it, of course, was still in it, he was playing Hamilton. And so I was sitting there in the theater, staring at him thinking you wrote this like this came out of your brain you know like and I thought you can never compromise can never like do anything half-hearted you have to put absolutely everything you've got into whatever you're creating it the friend who brought me teases me he said and then I said do you want to go out to dinner and you said I have to go home and write
0: (laughs) even you talking about it I'm like remembering it (laughs) me too crazy (laughs) Uh, okay. So we get it. You've seen it. You know the material. But by Lin-Manuel Miranda's own admission, he took quite a few artistic liberties. So in this game, we're going to play you a clip from the original Hamilton cast soundtrack. And all you have to do is tell us if what you heard is historically accurate or <laughs> if the information is uh, not accurate. So we're saying Hamilton true or Hamill false. I'll try. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, okay. Here's your first clip. This is Angelica Schuyler in the song Satisfied. Number one. I'm a girl in a world in which my only job is to marry rich. My father has no son, so I'm the
3: one who has to social climb for
0: one. So So that is uh, her only job is to marry rich. My father has no son, so I'm the one who has to social climb for one.
2: Is that true or false? That's false. Because, well, she was already married when they met. I knew that.
0: <laughs> that is that is absolutely correct. And also, Philip had 15 children. Sons amongst them. Yeah. But uh, I guess the song's a less catchy when It's Angelica, Eliza, Peggy, and John, and Cornelia, and Philip.
1: <laughs> <Cassidy>. <laughs> yeah, they, they kept, have all 15 of them. Yeah. That would be a lot. All right. Here's your next one. This is King George in I Know Him john adams
0: i know him that can't be that's that little guy who spoke to me all those years ago what was it 85
1: that poor man they're going to eat him alive
2: i have no idea if they ever actually met i'll say false they did actually meet. They did. Fact, okay, that was in, wrong. In,
1: in 1785, the, the year was uh, was correct, and also at five seven, he was one of the shortest U.S. <laughs> presidents. All right,
0: all right. This is from when Alexander Hamilton and Aaron Burr meet in the song "Aaron Burr, Sir."
4: Sir, I heard your name at Princeton. I was seeking an accelerated course of study. When I got sort of out of sorts with a buddy of yours, I may have punched him. It's a blur. Sir, he handles the financials. You punched the burser.
2: <laughs> I believe that he never punched the burser in fact.
4: Correct.
0: Hamilton had some disagreements with the president of Princeton, but he never punched him or the burser and Lynn Manuel Miranda's excuse is that he liked the burser pun are you a wordplay person yourself
2: well I'm in awe of it and every once in a while I think oh that would be an amazing thing to do you know to Lynn manuel Miranda's um group Freestyle Love Supreme has, yeah you know has an academy where you mm-hmm. actually can mm-hmm. learn you know improv and rhyme, yeah. and I think, I don't think I can, but <laughs> I would love to. <laughs> it, does, it does. It looks like a magic trick. It's Just practice. That's just practice. true. Eight to twelve minutes a day. <laughs> That's it.
0: Like, yeah, you could Broadway. change it. Right. Here I come. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> yeah.
1: Alright, here's your next clip. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight,
2: nine. It's the Ten Dual Commandments.
4: It's the Ten Dual Commandments.
1: All right, is that uh, true or false? (laughs) Uh,
2: I think there were more. There were more rules or regs for dueling, not just 10.
1: That is correct. There actually was a list of dueling rules called the Code Duello.
2: And
0: I believe one of them is no singing, (laughs) no rhyming. (laughs) (laughs) No rhyming. (laughs) You did amazing. That was fantastic. You won. Thank you. Sheri Salisbury's latest book is called Real Change, Mindfulness to Heal Ourselves and the World. Thank you so much for joining us and helping us. Thank you so much for having <laughs> me. After the break, comedians Dwayne Perkins and Asia Lachey-Bullock will join us to critique the wardrobe choices of corporate mascots. I'm Ophira Eisenberg, and this is Ask Me Another from NPR. This message comes from NPR sponsor Harper Perennial, publisher of Sapiens, a graphic history adapted from Yuval Noah Harari's original book, Examining Human Evolution now in a graphic novel format. Volume 1, The Birth of Humankind, explores the wild side of human history. 100,000 years ago, six species of humans inhabited Earth. Yet today, there is only one Homo sapiens. What happened to the others? What may happen to us? Find out in Sapiens, a graphic history of available
5: now on the next episode of louder than a riot how a law meant to control the mob changed the mixtape game forever gangsta grills is the biggest thing arguably ever in the mixtapes history don't tell me that what we're doing is wrong
4: listen now to louder than a riot the podcast from npr music
1: This is Ask Me Another, NPR's Hour of Puzzles, Word Games, and Mindfulness. I'm Jonathan Colton. Here's your host, Ophira Eisenberg.
0: Thanks, Jonathan. Joining us right now, we have Dwayne Perkins, a comedy writer for Brooklyn Nine-Nine, The Amber Ruffin Show, and the new Saved by the Bell reboot, and Asia Lachey Bullock, who writes for the show Space Force and Upload. Dwayne, Asia, welcome to Ask Me Another.
4: Hey! Hello. <laughs> what it do?
0: <laughs> so, okay, Dwayne, you're from Chicago. Asia, you moved there from Dallas.
5: I did. Ooh, okay. Yes, you better Google.
0: So, but then you're both at university and second city at the same time. So my freshman
5: year, I saw a video of him online dancing with a dance group that was not good, and so <laughs> I slid in his DMs and was like, "Ooh, that dance group is not good, but you're a star. You're the clearly the Beyonce of this dance group." Um, do you want to be best friends? And then he was like, yeah, <laughs> that's how it happened. <laughs> wow. yeah, and I started taking classes at Second City and I was like, these people are terrible, but you're a
0: star. Would you come to Second City and like be a star with me here? <laughs> so, and Dwayne, you were, uh, for a brief time in high school, you were part of the football team?
4: I was a football player. Yes. I was a jock. You were a jock. I love this story. <laughs>
0: mm. But were convinced by a coach, an acting coach, to leave
4: Yes. My football coach was like, oh, if you guys do ballet, it will help you play football better. (laughs) And so I started taking ballet classes and I was like, oh, no one's hitting me here. So I'm just going to do this instead. Um, (laughs) So then I was like, yeah, that's a chop. I'm not doing this anymore. I'm going to go do performing arts. And my um, improv coach was very blindsided. And she was like, hey, you can do whatever you want. Go do acting. And I was like, yes, white woman, I will.
0: <laughs> Come
4: on, Sandra Bull. <laughs>
0: All right, we have a couple great games for you. Would you like to play some uh, yes. wacky games? Excellent.
4: Yes, please.
0: Okay, so we're going to be competing against each other. This first game yeah. is about the most famous characters in the world, corporate mascots.
5: Very familiar. <laughs>
0: So Uh it's multiple choice. We are going to name a non problematic corporate mascot. (laughs) Okay, we'll see. We we think. I'll be the judge of that. (laughs) Uh, And then we're going to list three clothing items, and you just have to tell us which item of those three is not in the character's ensemble.
4: Mm. Got it.
0: Let's start easy. Duane, this one's for you. Okay. Mr. Peanut. Heard of him. Mr. Peter's full name was Bartholomew (laughs) Richard Fitzgerald (laughs) Smythe. What was not included in his ensemble? A, a pocket watch. B, a monocle. Or C, spats.
4: Ooh, okay, this is difficult because what is a spat? (laughs) Uh,
0: (laughs) I also had to look it up. It's short for um, spatterdashers. Mm. It's that classic outdoor footwear accessory that you put kind of on the top of your shoes.
4: Oh, yeah. So your shoes and
0: socks don't get splattered.
4: Got so, it, okay. You know,
0: okay. during murders.
4: <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh no,
0: my shoes. <laughs> yeah, my spats on.
4: Okay, he for sure had a monocle, but in my brain, this man is naked, so um, I don't think he has a pocket for a pocket watch.
0: Mm. Yeah, you're correct. Absolutely. Pocket Ah. watch is correct, but he's got a top hat, he's got a monocle, Mm -hmm. he's got white gloves, Mm -hmm. a cane, and spats, and you're right, really, no other clothing. Mm, That's
5: nasty.
1: (laughs) All right, Asia, here's one for you.
0: All
5: right.
1: Travelocity's mascot is a garden gnome who travels the world. Mm. What is not a part of the roaming gnome's look? A, combing his beard out in points, like a starburst surrounding his head. (laughs) B, rakishly bending his conical hat so that it hangs down at a 90-degree angle. Or C, hiking up his belt to about nipple level.
5: (laughs) I mean, it's like a pretty classic gnome, which is why the starburst beard... I don't recall that being associated with gnome culture. I mean, I'm no gnomologist. Sure.
1: I mean, you, re- you respect Ooh, gnome is. culture, even if you're not totally right. familiar with it. Yeah.
5: yeah. So, you know, I try to, I have, you know, a few gnome friends. Um, so I think it's the, <laughs> I really think it's the beard sunburst. That just sounds absurd to me.
1: You know, it is actually the
5: rakishly bent hat. What?
1: Well, he does have a hat, this but was he tricky. just wears it like normal. Gnome style. See,
5: that, that just seems, you know, I'm not going to judge the gnome. I'm not a gnome. The gnomes can do whatever <laughs> they want to do. They can do whatever they yeah. want. Like I said, I'm not here to tell gnomes how to live their lives. Okay.
0: <laughs> Duane. which of these is not included in Captain Crunch's uniform? Okay. okay. A, a peg leg. <laughs> B, strangely large epaulets. Or C, a bicorn hat with his eyebrows on it.
4: Okay, he for sure has that hat with the eyebrows because I've always been like, sir, what is this? Um, and then, so I'm going to say the peg leg because he is a captain even though he gives pirate energy. I don't think he's a pirate. Uh, he's a captain and I don't think he like be out here doing things to make him lose a leg.
0: You're so right. So I'm going to say You're right. peg leg. Peg leg is correct.
4: Yeah.
1: This is the last question, Asia, and it is for you. Right. And there's a little audio for you here.
0: Ooh. I'm the super sweet monster with the super sweet new cereal, Count Chocula. Beautiful.
1: So that, of course, is
5: yes, Count Chocula, an American icon. Count Chocula, yes, <laughs> yes, <laughs> huge fan. Which of these
1: articles is not part of Count Chocula's aristocratic mystique? Mm-hmm. A, a long, luxurious cocoa-colored cape. B, a sash awarded for his service as part of a balanced breakfast, or C. Frilled sleeves, like that shirt from Seinfeld.
5: The sash is giving me pageantry. Mm-hmm. And it seems like a bit of a clash of the aesthetic. Mm-hmm. Dwayne, how do you feel about this?
4: I mean, just thinking back on it, puffy shirts remind me of Prince, and I don't remember him giving Prince energy. Um, fair, fair. <laughs> but uh, I, I think he might have a sash.
5: Okay. So so no puffy shirt? Is he like, it's just, it's cape, crop top, sash? No puppy shirt, no sleeves on it.
0: Wait. Sleeveless. Now- is, are his
5: arms exposed? Like, does he have, is he ripped? I don't know.
0: Have you ever seen Count Chocula's tummy? Yeah. <laughs>
5: Sick packs.
0: His midriff uh. is out. <laughs> yep. His oh, cape man. is cropped too. I don't know. I like it. I don't actually care
5: what the answer is. Here's my version of Count Chocula. Okay? He has a reversible cropped cape. Uh-huh. It's velour it's on rat. the inside. Yeah. And he's wearing a cropped top. He has a little bit of, um, man cleavage yeah sure. and the sash is framed on the wall somewhere he doesn't wear it anymore because it's tacky he's giving very bachelorette vibes you know? i like it <laughs> like you don't need a sash in public Count chocula. <laughs> you're gonna go with you're gonna go with sash i'm gonna personally go with sash you are
1: absolutely correct he does not have a sash
0: <laughs> thank god count chocula oh gosh i'm so glad we're on the same page uh... Amazing game. Everyone won. The show won the biggest, though. We all won. We're all winners. (laughs) It's my favorite kind of game. I love when
5: everyone's a winner. I hate when people lose.
0: Are you ready for another game? Yay! Yay! So uh, Jonathan is going to sing you the clues in this next game called Moo Town.
1: That's right. We have changed the lyrics to Motown songs Mm -hmm. to make them about things related to or associated with cows and bulls.
5: Yep. Sure, that makes so, sense. So,
1: famous cows you may have heard of, facts about cows, you know, cows in popular culture, all of that stuff. You will earn full credit by giving me just one of the following pieces of information. you, If you name the cow or bull-related thing I'm singing about, if you name the song that I'm parodying or the artist who made it famous, or if you would just like to moo, that would be fine. <laughs> <laughs> Asia, this is for you. Moo-hoo, I recognized you right away. Do your birthday was in May? Because I'm a wizard of astrology, and I noticed you're stubborn and you're trustworthy.
5: Hmm. First of all, let me give you all three answers, okay?
1: <laughs> yeah, do it.
5: You're talking about a Taurus.
1: I am absolutely talking about a Taurus,
5: and that is. I heard it through the grapevine. Yeah, that's right. Mm, Yep. And also, moo. Yeah, well done. (laughs) Clean sweep.
1: Well done. All right, Dwayne, this is for you. Here we go. All we need is dairy. Sweet, sweet dairy. Put a bucket there by your feet. Milk appears if you pull this down. Just keep squeezing on this teat.
4: Okay, um, you are, uh, one, talking about, um, what are they, um, a cow's udders? That is correct, yeah. Uh Uh-huh. The song is, I don't know.
1: I think Asia knows it. I think Asia knows it. What's the song? Text
5: me. Um, Is it (laughs) Dancing in the Street?
1: It is, that's right, Martha and Vandellas.
5: I'm shocked you didn't yeah. get that,
4: Dwayne. I knew that the song was in Sister Act 2, Back in the Habit.
1: Uh, <laughs> I totally would have accepted that as an answer. You should have just done that. All right, Asia, here's another one. <laughs> While that cat was fiddling a tune, looks like the dish ran off with the spoon. So don't you dally. Come on, cow, jump over me. Come jump over me. <laughs>
5: I like that song so, <laughs> so much. So too. <good. laughs> <laughs> Don't jump over me. Okay, so that is um, Come See About Me.
0: Uh-huh. Sabrina's.
5: And that's the cow jumping over the moon.
1: Yeah, yep.
0: that is correct. Well done. You know what? I'm glad we finally heard the moon's perspective. <laughs> <laughs>
1: All right, this is the last one. Dwayne, this is yours. Okay.
0: Spin.
1: the storm somehow swirling again. but heads up because there's a flying cow
4: okay so the song is that song i'll be there Dib- right. i don't know who thinks it or that's the name of it four tops, Dib- that's Dib- right Dib- Dib- mm-hmm.
5: i did a tap dance uh, to that song when i was like seven
4: really <laughs> <laughs> so, I um love that. And this is the Kyle from um, the movie Twister, which is also an experience at Universal in (laughs) Florida. You
0: are
4: are
5: absolutely correct.
0: Don't remember the movie? (laughs) Very much remember the experience. Uh, uh, Such a pleasure. You both won all that we have to give. All of our prizes. Thank Thank you so much, Dwayne. Thank you so much, Asia. My pleasure.
4: Yes, thank you. You You
0: Amazing guests. That was comedians Dwayne Perkins and Asia Lachey-Bullock. Hey, did you know the most popular person on Instagram is soccer superstar Cristiano Ronaldo with more than 241 million followers? Yeah, well, you know what? We're trying to catch up. We just need 240,990,000 more followers. You can help us get there. Follow us on Instagram at NPR Ask Me Another and watch your back, Ronaldo. Our next two contestants are hilarious performers, writers, and good friends, Mike Elbow and Amanda Duarte. Hello.
6: Hi. Hi. Hi there. So
0: Amanda, the last time I saw you, you were on stage at Joe's Pub because you had a residency there doing a show. And then I was looking forward to your next show.
7: So was I, Ophira. (laughs) You mean the one that was supposed to open four days after uh, the whole city was Uh. locked down? (laughs) Now,
0: I know of course you were disappointed, but I just wonder, Four days before a show, I'm just getting into the mindset. (laughs) I know exactly what you're going to say, and you're totally right.
7: You know the first thing I did was grabbed a big bag of potato chips. I was like, I don't have to starve myself anymore. No, went deep into the comfort zone. Yeah. Now,
0: uh, I know also, uh, Mike, that you perform every month. At Joe's Pub, but I also know. I mean, I enjoyed uh, a piece of your writing, the junket over the course of this quarantine. It was oh, like the thanks. perfect, delicious piece of writing for me. Oh, thank that you. I read on. It was a uh, a single, a Kindle single. Yeah, Kindle, Kindle single. It was fantastic, <laughs> uh, and uh, it was very, very funny and heartwarming, yes. and hit all the right tones, mm-hmm. and also was a good escapism. But are you working on? You're working on a novel right now, right, Mike?
6: I am. How's it going? I finished my first draft.
0: <gasps> That's amazing. Oh, okay. Congratulations.
7: Congrats. Um, yeah, guys, I have not written a single thing in two hundred and thirty-seven <laughs> days. Listen, I'm just trying to get through this. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Yes. I
0: know exactly what you, you mean. You know exactly what I mean. <laughs> Excellent. Okay, we have a couple of games for you. You wanna play a game? Well yeah. play a game? Fun, fun. So we're gonna play you a clip of a television character's outgoing answering machine or voicemail message. All right, Amanda, this first one is for you. Sometimes it's not a good idea to have your buddies move in with you, particularly not this one.
1: We will, we will call you back.
7: Uh, Is it called Friends? It is called Friends. Ah! Yeah oh, that was Ross I'll Geller. Be there for you. Oh wait, if I sing that, do they get money? <laughs> <Do> you, <laughs> of, you know what? They're doing great. Because <laughs> they're, they're doing, doing okay. They're doing okay.
1: <laughs> Alright, Mike, here is one for you. Oh. This clip features three voices, one of which you may recognize from this most recent season of Fargo.
5: Hello. Thank you for calling. No one is available to take your call right now. Please leave a message at the
4: sound of the beep, and we'll get back to you as quickly as possible. But what if we don't want to get back to someone as quickly as possible?
2: It means you're a girl. Was
6: Be a quiet!
5: One.
0: I'll do it.
6: Is it Everybody Hates Chris? Is it yeah. Chris Rock's show called yeah, Everybody yeah. Hates Chris? Okay.
0: All right, Amanda. <laughs> here's your
4: next clip. Okay. Hey, Abed. It's Troy. I'll uh, meet you at the flagpole and.
5: If you are satisfied with your message, press one to erase and re-record.
2: Hey, Abed, it's Troy. Yo, I'll meet you at the flagpole and like.
4: If you are satisfied with your message. Hey, Abed, it's Troy.
7: <laughs> if you are satisfied with your message. Is that my future ex-husband, Donald Glover? <laughs> yes, it okay. is. I'm really, I'm really grateful for this opportunity to just say Mr. Glover. Don Donald Don, if you are listening to this, um, I I literally spent last night. I watched like four episodes of Atlanta last night, mm. and I'm the slightly you know older woman that you met in a UCB level one class about. <laughs> 17 years ago that I'm I'm sure sure you have not been able to stop thinking about and I wasn't single then but I'm single now so I'm sure if you contact NPR they'll be able to connect you to me and um, I'll make you very very happy (laughs) that is correct
1: (laughs) I have a feeling that that is going to work for you I have a feeling that this is I really
7: hope so just made a love connection
1: (laughs) <laughs> Alright, Mike, this is the last one. Leave a message for this snarky animated secret agent if he ever lets you.
0: Hello. Sterling? Oh, hold on. Sterling, I dear, it's it. me. Hold on, hold on. Pick up Sterling. Pick. Hang on. Hang on. Sterling. Don't hang up. Hello. Sterling, it's Ah,
3: elaborate voicemail
2: hoax. <sighs> Leave it. <laughs>
6: Is this like that BoJack Horseman thing that I should watch all the time that no one, everyone tells me I should watch? Is this another show
1: that I'm supposed to be watching that I'm not watching? Because I'm tired
6: of being told what to do. Uh, yes, this is what we're looking for is Archer. Archer! Oh, okay. I heard about it. I heard it's good.
0: Yeah, I <laughs> yeah, heard it's good. Not going to watch it.
7: <laughs> all right, great first game. I thought you fabulous. Yeah. did fabulous. Oh, um, we, I do think we both did well, but if we had to uh, decide <laughs> a winner... That- Uh, Who would that be, Ophira? That would would
0: be you, Amanda. Amanda, one fact. Oh, that's great. Oh,
7: wow. I mean, I don't really care, but I just wanted to, you know,
0: write it down in my little book. (laughs) (laughs) After the break, Mike and Amanda will join me and Jonathan in a round of Fact Bag. And comedian Chelsea Handler joins us to talk about her new comedy special. I'm Ophira Eisenberg, and this is Ask Me Another from NPR. This message comes from NPR sponsor, WeTransfer. We all have doubts, but where do they belong? Are they simply to be surfaced and forgotten? WeTransfer believes your doubt needs a place where it can grow into something useful. And WeTransfer's set of tools can help you do just that by collecting, sketching, presenting, and sharing your thoughts with the world. It's where doubt transforms into ideas. Meet Paste, Paper, and Collect by WeTransfer. Go to toolstomoveideas.com to learn more.
6: Support for this podcast and the following message come from Kay Buxbaum in support of the David Gilkey and Zabiula Tamana Memorial Fund, established to strengthen NPR's commitment to training and protecting journalists in high-risk environments.
5: Voting
1: is brutal. and I don't give a damn how you look at it. Is this a man? It was we, the people. The land
7: of the free and the home of the brave. Not we, the white
5: male citizens.
4: Misrepresentative Democracy.
5: A new series about voting in America from NPR's Throughline.
4: Listen now.
1: This is NPR's Ask Me Another. I'm Jonathan Colton. Here's your host, Ophira Eisenberg.
0: Thanks, Jonathan. We're on the line with comedians and good friends, Mike Albo and Amanda Duarte. Mike, Amanda, are you ready for your next challenge?
1: Yes.
7: Yeah.
0: I'm excited to have you both do this, because this is what we call an all-play. All-play! Which is that you, Jonathan, and I are all going to play a game together
7: called Fact Bag. Fine. (laughs) (laughs) That's my nickname in uh, junior high. (laughs) Okay,
0: so here's what's going to happen. I'm going to read a trivia question. It could be about anything. None of us have the answer to this, but these are things that most people just don't know. But we are going to all talk it out and see if we can figure out what the answer is, you know, or, or our best guess, and then we'll reveal it and, you know, see how we feel. Oh, so we it's like teamwork. Oh, I
6: like this yes, communal teamwork. feeling. I, like I love yeah, it. Yeah, this
0: is fun. Okay, right. so here's the first one. More than 35 years ago, a shipping container full of a very specific item was lost in a storm. Every so often, people will find some of its cargo washed up on a French beach. The objects are plastic and based on a character from a syndicated newspaper comic strip. What are they?
6: I think I know.
7: I've, are you serious? I, I think it's... Yes. It, what, are, what do you think, Mike?
6: I think they're Garfields.
7: I think they're Garfields, Garfields too. That sounds right to me.
1: Uh, well, well, so 35 years ago is...
7: 85? Yeah, 85.
1: 85. Yeah, so that was the that was pretty much the
6: height of Garfield's powers.
7: Oh yeah, that was Pete Garfield. Why did you but why how do you know this? Because
6: I think it? I read an obscure article about this. I I just remember that detail, but I might be yeah. wrong.
0: Okay, okay, but you both want to go with Garfield. Strong statements. It was my first impulse,
1: and I did read the article, too. Wait, you both read an article about this shipping container and the yes,
7: plastic figuring? Yes. on we, the we, French we,
6: beach? We're privy so. to a
7: very curated news stream. <laughs>
6: Either I'm very clairvoyant or I read this article. <laughs> or could, could just be a big Garfield fan.
7: Who isn't? Who doesn't hate Mondays and love lasagna? Nobody. Right? Right?
0: <laughs> All right, just to be a counter, I'm going to say... Um, Ziggy, nice. I like the Ziggy. idea of some Ziggies washing up on a French beach.
6: I used to have Ziggy wallpaper.
1: You you had Ziggy <laughs> wallpaper.
6: Yeah, was that your choice? <laughs> yes, when I was in second grade.
0: What, was he saying anything?
6: I just think he was probably the gayest representation I could find <laughs> in second grade.
0: <laughs> oh. <laughs> Jonathan, do you want to put in a vote for?
1: I do. I do love the idea of a, of French people sort of. Every day they go out there and they find another Garfield on their beach. Right. It's like so insulting.
0: <laughs> this is why they hate us, guys. <laughs> Producer Travis, what is the answer? <gasps> Garfield. Yay! It is Garfield. Specifically, Garfield phones. Oh, Garfield that, I, I remember phones. that now. Huh. More than two hundred of them have been found washed up so far.
7: I wonder if that increases their value on eBay or decreases <laughs> it. Because you know there would probably be a fair amount of saltwater damage, but also they've got a story. They've got <laughs> an right? origin story. Love a story. They're People famous love a
0: story. Let's try another one. Yeah.
6: Oh yeah! Bring it on.
0: All right. So we're all pretty much living on Zoom these days. So the question is, where did the name
7: Zoom come from? Uh, I believe it was the uh, 1985 song Who's Zoomin' Who <laughs> by Aretha Franklin.
6: <laughs> I would believe it's from the 1970s Boston-based show Zoom. <laughs>
7: have you and I are on
1: the same wavelength because I was, was thinking exactly <laughs> the same thing.
7: For those of us who were not born yet, uh, what was this show? What was it? Like a variety it was Zoom. of show? It, was a, it was
1: on public television. It was made by uh, WGBH, which was a, a local station in, in Boston. Um, and it was kids running around in striped shirts.
0: I, I never saw it. Playing games, yeah, you never know. saw it? But it sounds fun. Um, no, it sounds all fun. All I know is that
6: my friend who grew up in Jamaica Plains went to school with all the Zoom kids and said that they were all snotty.
7: Oh, I yes. hate them!
1: Well,
6: they wow. thought they were so great. They were on public television. Totally. Do you
1: remember okay. the Do you remember the jingle for their address at the end of the show?
6: Box three oh oh, Boston, Mass. Oh 2, two one 3 4. three four. Send it to Zoom. That's right. <laughs> okay.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Travis, what is the option? Okay. Oh, it's based on a children's picture book by Thatcher Hurd called Zoom City. Well, wow. What? In a Medium post, an early Zoom <laughs> investor named Jim Schneinman explains that he read this book to his kids over and over again. It's about dogs driving cars Zooming around a city. Jim says this planted the idea in his head to use the name Zoom for a company, and he was waiting for the right opportunity to come along.
6: I, okay, wait. So the children's book came first. Yes. But then the man created a, a what from it?
7: He just knew that he wanted to name some company Zoom, and he was
6: waiting
5: for
1: one to come
6: along.
7: I guess this is what rich people do uh, with their time.
1: Uh, Let me just check my (laughs) list of future company names.
0: I'm just waiting for the right company to name after my favorite children's book, Everyone Poops. What is it going to (laughs) be? Amazing. I can't imagine playing fact bag with two better people. Thank you so much, Amanda. Thanks, Mike.
6: Thank you. It was fun. Thank you.
0: Mike Albo and Amanda Duarte are writers and performers in New York City. Our final guest today is comedian and longtime host of Chelsea Lately on E! And her new HBO Max stand-up special was filmed outdoors following social distancing guidelines, and it's called Chelsea Handler Evolution. Chelsea Handler, hello! Hi, Ophira. <laughs> uh, I, I loved your new special. It's called Chelsea Handler Evolution. Now, this is your first stand-up special in six years, and you recorded it live in New Jersey, actually in front of a train station.
3: I did in front of Liberty train station, which was an immigration train station from Ellis Island. People would get dropped off at Liberty's train station and then go, you know, be sent to wherever they were going throughout the country, wherever they were intending to live. So it had some meaning behind it, which was, of course, a draw for me.
0: So when you're doing a special during the pandemic, what kind of safety measures did the audience have to go through to be able to sit there and enjoy the show?
3: Well, they had to get tested, then they had to quarantine for 5 days, and then they had a test when they got to the show, rapid response test. So, wow. and then there was and then on top of that, there was social distancing. We were outside, and anyone who wanted to wear a mask was, you know, obviously could.
0: And how, I mean, you know, it looks to me when I watch the special and it sounds great, you know, and it feels very much like a live performance. But from your point of view as a stand-up performing outside and the audio isn't the same. And you're doing a special. Like, how how did it feel?
3: I mean, it was a real humbling experience. I was like, oh, okay, don't get used. Whatever laughter and collective joy you're used to hearing, you better get unused to it because <laughs> there's social distancing and there are people in masks. So you got to yeah, be really right. com- really confident about your material. Yeah,
0: you have to deliver it like you're killing <laughs> yes. all the time. Yes, exactly. Right. So, in uh, your 2019 show, which I loved, Hello Privilege, it's me, Chelsea, that explores your relationship with white privilege. The work is never done, obviously. What have you learned recently about white privilege? in this moment? Uh,
3: well, I mean, you know, you're learning about it all the time. I think yeah. part of the, like, you know, you, you want to work as being anti-racist instead of just against racism. You have to really kind of stick your neck out and say uncomfortable things. You know, one of the things that kept coming up in Hello, Privilege, It's Me, Chelsea, that documentary I did, it was to examine the term white privilege and give it a clear meaning. Because I thought, oh, maybe that just means you went to Harvard or Yale or you're from right. a Rockefeller or a Bush family. It means so much more, than that. It means the privilege of walking into a grocery store and not being followed down the aisle. It means the privilege of being pulled over by the cops and arguing with them because you don't think you were doing anything wrong. And it's the privilege of walking down the street and feeling safe, you know, versus walking down the street and feeling people being fearful of you. Um, It's all of these things. And so I made that film for, you know, my, my fan base is mostly white women. And I wanted to share with them my learning about that term and what does it really mean do you get backlash uh yeah i get a lot of backlash i mean i get like yeah but who cares i mean that's not <laughs> what this is about you know i mean it's i have you know i've been getting backlash my whole career so at least i'm getting it for st- standing up for what's right now you know instead right. of just talking the about mindless it, you know, getting right exactly thank you <laughs> yeah
0: <laughs> So we're talking to each other on Zoom, and I see a lot of books in your home. What are you reading right now?
3: Let me show you what I'm reading, actually. Yeah,
0: let's let's bring it over. I like the stack.
1: Oh, I like that chair. That purple chair is fantastic, too. Oh, thanks.
3: Okay, the re- so these are the three books I'm reading right now. I just finished this book on Frederick Douglass, which is a—it's not an autobiography. It's by David Blight. It won the Pulitzer, I think. Yeah. It's a biography, and this is about 800 pages long, so it took me about four months to read. Yep. But I didn't know enough about Frederick Douglass, and I felt like I should, so I read that. This is cast by Isabel Wilkerson, which is required reading for anyone. You both have to read this. It's incredible. It is brutal, but it's necessary. Mm-hmm. And then I'm reading um, this little... I always have these little... Um, this is a Thomas Kempis, The Inner Life, I always have like a George Orwell or like a little like a, you know, an old writer that I can read because it's so prescient because you read this stuff and it's very political usually. And they're basically describing a time 100 years ago, 200 years ago that we're still dealing with the same issues, whether it's race, whether it's politics, whether it's oppression, subjugation, you know, so... It gives you a little, you know, in a, in a certain respect, you're like, oh, my God, when are we ever going to solve any of these problems? But on the other hand, it's just every p- book is a tool, you know, every book is an educational tool. And I want to have the power in my brain to know what I'm talking about.
0: Are you uh, are you up for it? ask me another challenge? Yeah, totally. Okay, Great. So because you've written six books and because you're an avid reader, we are going to give you a challenge about women writers portrayed. On screen.
3: Okay. Oh. Okay.
0: Yeah. So we're going to just play a clip from a television show or a movie. And all you have to do is tell us one of the following things. You can give us the name of the writer who is being portrayed. You can give us the name of the actor who is portraying her, or you can give us the title of the movie.
3: Okay. The okay. From. Just, okay. I feel like I'm going to suck at this, but go for it. Any I'm one of try- them.
0: Okay. Also, we have loads of hints.
3: Great. Perfect. Here's your first clip.
0: I'm going to Italy, and then I'm going to David's
5: Guru's ashram Julia in Julia Roberts. And I'm going to end the year in Bali.
0: That's what I'm going to do.
3: I got all three. Elizabeth Gilbert wrote it. It's Julia yes. Roberts and the movies yes. Eat, play, Pray, Love.
0: Exactly, exactly, exactly.
3: That was really easy, though, you guys. Right. Well, we gotta we gotta start
0: somewhere. We gotta start somewhere. I like that already. You were like, "Oh, good. I'm gonna need lots of help." And then you're like, "Oh, this game. (laughs) This game is so boring and easy. Ridiculous. Step
7: it
1: (laughs) (laughs) up." All right. Here's another one. This clip is from a 2018 film starring an actor who usually appears in comedic roles.
5: Is that what you think I'm doing? You think I'm copying? Mm -hmm. I'll have you know, I'm a better Dorothy
4: Parker than Dorothy Parker. I'll drink to that. Cheers.
3: Oh, Melissa McCarthy. Melissa McCarthy. That is correct, Melissa McCarthy. Oh, she's so funny. Uh, Yeah, I remember this movie, but I don't remember the name of it. I'm not going to get it.
1: It is called Can You Ever Forgive Me? Oh, yeah. And it's about a writer named Lee Israel.
3: Okay, good. Well, one out of three ain't bad,
0: right? You got it. You still got it. that's, That's all you needed. That's all you needed.
1: All right. This scene is from a 2017 movie starring Chadwick Boseman about the first black Supreme Court justice. He's at a club with Langston Hughes, when this author comes over to the table.
5: Hi, how y'all doing?
3: Langston Hughes. Zora. Hmm.
5: And who is this?
1: I'm August. I've heard so much about you.
5: Hmm. That's funny, because I haven't heard a thing about you. Huh, Langston? (laughs)
3: Okay, so the movie Good Marshall, or Marshall?
1: That's correct. Yeah. That's the movie. You got yeah. it. Okay. And the writer was Zora Neal Hurston, played by Rosanda Chili Thomas from TLC.
0: Oh,
3: really? Oh, yeah. that's cool. Nice, okay, right? cool. Yeah.
0: All right, we've got two more for you. In this 2005 film starred... Philip Seymour Hoffman as the author of In Cold Blood. And in this scene, he's on a train with his research assistant when one of the crew members recognizes him.
4: Hope you won't mind me saying, but I thought your last book was even better than the first. Thank you. Just when you think they've gotten as good as they can get.
0: Thank you very much. Ma'am. What? You paid him to say that. You paid him to say that. How
5: did you know? Just when you think they've gotten as good as they can get. I thought that was a good line. (laughs)
3: Uh, What was that guy's name? Uh, Yes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yes. Truman Capote. (laughs) Truman
0: Truman Capote. Yes.
3: Yes. Yes. And two movies. I believe there were two movies about him at that (laughs) time. That's right. Perfect.
0: Oh my goodness. And uh, his research assistant, of course, wrote a little book called To Kill a Mockingbird. Yeah. Which I Harper believe e. Lee. is. I know
3: that I know the author of that.
0: That's right. Uh, yeah. Always be nice to your assistant because they might end up writing. <laughs> never know. To kill a mockingbird. Oh border,
3: yeah. I know. My God. <laughs> I know that must have been for non-disclosure agreements.
1: <laughs> Presumably, yes.
3: <laughs> People were right. thinking on their toes back then. <laughs> yeah, they were like, "Wait a second.
1: All right. This is the last clue. This 2009 film is about Julia Child, played by Meryl Streep, and a blogger who decides to make all of her recipes.
3: Yesterday was Tuesday, August 13th, 2002. Day one. 364 days to go. I cooked artichokes with hollandaise sauce, which is melted butter that's been whipped into a frenzy with egg yolks until it's died and gone to heaven. That's Amy. And I... (laughs) She's a friend of mine, but I can't think of her last name. <laughs> Amy Adams.
0: Amy, Amy
1: Adams is correct. Yes, yep. yes, I love that. I just know her by Amy. I don't even think of her last yes. name. Yeah, exactly. Yeah,
3: she's my pal. She's my pal. Yeah.
1: Uh, that is correct. Do you remember the name of the movie?
3: Was it not called Julia? No. It
1: was
0: called Julie and Julia.
3: Oh, I see. Well, that sounds like a trick question. If you ask me,
0: <laughs> well, the real—it was a trick question because we all know the true star of that film was was the the butter, the stick of butter was really the. Uh, <laughs> right. By the way, oh, if you
3: put a stick of butter in anything, exactly, it's going to makes out. it delicious. Perfect. Right. Julia perfect. Child knew
1: that, and of course, the writer was the the blogger and uh, who who wrote a book about that. It's Jul- Julie Powell. Is her name?
3: Okay, copy that. Got it. <laughs> you did amazing.
0: You got all of them correct. All oh of my them. Goodness,
3: you guys! Oh my God, I'm a bona fide reader, movie watcher.
1: That's right.
0: Thank you so much, Chelsea. It was an absolute honor to meet you and play some games oh, with you. That's
3: nice. That was fun, you guys. It was really fun. Nice to see you. <laughs> you nice too. To see thank you thank too. You. Thanks.
0: Chelsea Handler's new memoir is called Life Will Be the Death of Me, and her stand-up special, Chelsea Handler Evolution, is on HBO Max. That's our show. Ask Me Another's house musician is Jonathan Colton.
1: Hey, my name anagrams to thou jolt a cannon.
0: Our puzzles were written by our staff, along with Scott Ross and senior writer Karen Lurie, with additional material by Kara Weinberger and Emily Winter. Ask Me Another is produced by Travis Larchuk, Nancy Sachow, James Sparber, Ramel Wood, and our intern, Sam Yellowhorse kessler Our senior supervising producer is Rachel Neal, and our bosses' bosses are Steve Nelson and Anya Grunman. Thanks to our production partner, WNYC. I'm Haripe Begonias.
1: Ophira Eisenberg.
0: And this was Ask Me Another from NPR. Hey, you're still listening. Fantastic. So since you're still here, why not pop over to Apple Podcasts and write us a review? We'd love to hear from you. And it also helps others find out about our show. For information about new episodes, bonus videos, and more, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Thanks. Next time on Ask Me Another, we're broadcasting from the hallway instead of the kitchen. And from HBO's Watchmen and the Amazon series Homecoming, we'll be joined by actor Hung Chao. She'll chat about Homecoming Season 2 and we'll challenge her to some of our nerdy games. Plus another fantastic group of friend-testants. So join me on NPR's Ask Me Another, the answer to life's funnier questions.